Welcome back to Take the Points, where we are adopting a new quarterback for the podcast. Marcus Moser, Adam Kramer, this was Philip Rivers Central last year, Marcus, mm. and I have decided from this point forward, this is a Jameis podcast. Are you on board with that? No, I don't even think Sean Payton is on board with that, so why should we be on board with that? <laughs> Look, I, I am, this is the most gifable man in the world. Forget about football players. I just want to watch him do, like, make eggs. I want to watch him do anything because everything he does is interesting. Oh, by the way, he can still sling it every now and then. I mean, I'm just saying. When you say this is our quarterback for the pot, does that mean that we're betting on this guy? Or does that no. mean we just like, okay, he's like the mascot of the pot? Content. I'm talking okay, content. content. <laughs> I, I'm talking content only. Uh, that's all I'm here for. Uh, and yeah, by the way, he could still sling it a little bit. So uh, okay. Philip Rivers wasn't always, we were betting on, we were betting against. That's true though. It started as a financial situation, yeah. uh, l- less so after that. So no, I'm, I'm all for uh, him just being the unofficial mascot for everything we do moving forward. I, I was going to open up with the pod with, I think Urban Meyer should be the, the mascot of this podcast, uh, Adam. I think uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to bet against this year. We'll, we'll talk about him later. You, you know those sideline shots, Marcus, that you're getting from him? Like when my kids have not napped and have had like 12 hours in the sun and won't go to bed, yep. I'm bent over on like both knees looking like that. That's what, that's what Urban Meyer looked like a man that wished he was on a Fox broadcasting set, <laughs> not on NFL sideline. Uh, just oh, saying. Oh, man. Just Poor saying. Guy. It's going to be a long couple uh, months for him. Speaking of, it is AFC South Day. We will be talking about that. We've got some fill in the blanks. A reminder, uh, you can check us out uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And also today, special offer from BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to $600 with the code The Game Day. And that's the code, the game day, all one word at BetMGM for our listeners in legalized betting states. And I'm certainly glad I am in one of them. All right. So lots going on. Uh, young quarterbacks. Uh, this is a jam-packed fill-in-the-blank, Marcus. Let's just dive right in before we go AFC South hunting. Bears fans should feel blank about the hit that Justin Fields took in their game. And that was quite a hit. I'll say good. And I'm going to explain why. That offensive line is atrocious, and there's going to be just guys running open all year long, having free shots at whoever the quarterback is. They should feel good about it because Justin Fields was able to take it, absorb it, and bounce right back up. And if you're going to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, you got to be able to do that. So I do think he's fine. There seems like there was no injury. You should ultimately feel pretty good about it. I'm going to say, well, look, I have the blueprint for young quarterback, how to ruin a young quarterback as a Jets fan. I would feel, I would feel concerned, but it's mixed emotions though, right? Because even though he can run and he can move and it is a sign of toughness, he got right back up. Like Mm -hmm. that line ain't getting any better. And you may have to play Justin Fields because Andy Dalton, while also being bad, is not going to be able to move around that. So it, it, that's not a good sign of things to come, though. From, from an individual standpoint, I agree with you. He showed he can yes. take it. He's a tough dude. I mean, we saw that in college, too, against Clemson. I mean, that dude is a mm-hmm. monster. From a long-term, we want to keep this guy upright and healthy and maximize his gifts. I just hope that's not a sign of things to come when it comes to who's protecting him. Yeah, I mean, and Chicago is going to work on their offensive line over the next couple of years. They had some bad luck with Tevin Jenkins having back surgery. So. I think they'll ultimately get it figured out. It's just good that during Justin Fields' rookie season, his sophomore season, he's going to be able to take these kind of hits and this kind of punishment. 
bounce back up and be fine. It's, it's very similar to like what Ben Roethlisberger did a lot as a rookie and a young quarterback, right? Like you're going to get hit. You just got to be able to absorb it and move on. I think he's going to be all right. On the topic of getting hit and injuries, Dak Prescott, we're, we got the right man for the job here to answer this next one. Uh, the Dak injury status is blank. Overblown. The Cowboys are just being careful here. Yes, he had a little bit of a strain, but he's been throwing for a couple of weeks now. There's no reason to put him out there in the preseason. Uh, I think it's also some gamesmanship here, Adam. Like, yep, we're at the point in the, in the you know preseason where it's like, hey, let's let's keep Tampa Bay on their toes a little bit. Let's not really show them what Dak's been working on all offseason. So he's going to be fine. He'll be in there week one. And I think he'll be close to 100%. I agree with overblown. Like, I understand why this is a big deal or was a big deal. Um, but we're seeing a lot of teams not play their quarterbacks. Yeah, it's so not a big just, deal. just because of non-injuries. So the yep. fact that he's not playing, like Justin Herbert's not playing, Josh Allen isn't playing, like a lot Daniel of Jones isn't Daniel, playing. Yeah, Derek a lot Carter's of really. Not, yeah, I'm yeah. not worried about it. So, so I, I think it was a story. The the news, other than that cryptic tweet, was was kind of hilarious. Uh, the Kevin Bacon all is well. Like all yeah. seems to genuinely be well here. And if Dak doesn't play, look, it's highlighted a little bit more so because of the injury last year. All of those things. He seems fine, which is which is great. I mean, the injury status is good, I guess, would be mm. probably my 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 clearest answer, because it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for the opener. And that's all that matters. Yeah, he's going to be fine. And I think we're going to watch, you know, hard knocks on Tuesday night and you'll see him throwing more. And as we progress towards the season, it'll be it'll be fine. Don't if you got fantasy drafts, don't worry about Dak. Pick him, pick all their receivers. He's going to be just fine. What's your fantasy draft status here? Where, where are you and how, how chaotic is it? How many leagues? Um, well, I, I mean, I don't even want to admit the number of leagues because okay. it's just an ungodly amount. But I will say I've got my, my big one, the one that you – everybody that plays in multiple fantasy leagues, you always have one that you, you got the gravitate league. towards, right? It's, it's the league, right? This Sunday, uh, we've got a 20-team auction draft that I'm excited to take part in. We've been oh, doing it for about 15 years now. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm trying to get my doofus buddies. It's my one league and it's, it's, it's impossible. It's like herding cats. Yes. Yes. Taking the role of commissioner to try to herd them better. And I regret it immediately. I'm sure everybody (laughs) out there can relate to this. All right. Speaking of our, our unofficial or official mascot, the hype around Jameis start against the Jags is blank. Hilarious because this is just what Jameis does, right? He makes two or three really good throws and we get really excited uh, against a bad team, by the way, we get really excited. And once we get to a big game, he turns into Jameis again. I, I, I just think people have lost their minds. I was watching a morning show uh, this morning, Adam, where they were comparing Jameis' stats to Peyton Manning. And they were asking, why can't he be Peyton Manning at this stage in his career? So we're in the silly season for Jameis. Okay. I, I'm going to say the hype is welcomed. I'm, I'm okay. happy for Jameis. I agree that it's absurd and that we can't draw conclusions off of two throws. But I do think the guy had some ability. He also like clearly turned the ball over a lot mm-hmm. and needed to grow. He's still relatively young. He does have a great arm. Uh, amid all the quirks here, there are some like encouraging traits for a quarterback. He's gotten well, himself he's talented. In, we know oh, he's yeah. incredibly talented, right? So I, I'm curious, I guess that, that the hype around him to me is curious because it, I am guilty of this. Like he does some of these things and I'm like, you know, I'm ready for more Marcus. Right. That's my biggest problem. So 
you got one game to win to make to the, uh, make it to the playoffs. Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston? Because this is the situation the Buccaneers have had, you know, a couple of years ago, and they could never figure it out. Bruce Arians couldn't figure this out. So what say you at this stage of their career? I think, I think the part that at least gives me pause, I think it's a great question, is two years ago I would have said Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do wonder at a better support system with a, with a coach like this, having been able to learn if that has changed anything at all. Like this is the endless curiosity of a football fan in search of a quarterback. Is it finally the time? The answer is probably not, but I will say this. He's going to, he's going to be productive. It will probably be a a chaotic stat sheet. There'll be a lot going on there and it probably won't all be good, but I, at least specifically for this year, when you talk about him and Taysom Hill, like this is why that argument to me has been foolish all along. That is not to say he's the, savior and the one that's going to grab the baton cleanly from drew Brees, but it does speak to me like it would be ridiculous at this point to trot Taysom hill out under center first week. I, that would be I, I agree. like pro that would be like malpractice for the saints at this point so really quickly before we move on at bet mgm james is 40 to 1 to win the nfl mvp he's not going to do it but what would he need to do in order to at least be in the conversation right like the Saints would have to make the playoffs, right? They probably would need to win double-digit games. And what would the stat line need to look like? It's hard now because you can have a year like Josh Allen, who had mm-hmm. mad numbers and still lost. So yeah. the stakes are so high because the quarter play is so good. You're looking at 38 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Like, is that – if he and, does it without Michael Thomas, right? If, if Michael Thomas just really doesn't play at all this year and he's throwing to Jaywan Jennings and Marquez Callaway and, you know, Traquan Smith and he throws 38 touchdowns and the Saints are good, I think that's where we might have a, an actual case for him. But I, I kind of agree. It's just, I, it's going to be awfully hard for him to do it. I, I'm going to bring this full circle back to your original question of the mascot. Like, do we have to bet him? Yes, we need to make that bet. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 40 to one? What the Oh, hell? yeah. It's a yeah, fun we'll ticket to be sitting on. Uh, yeah, speak, speaking of quarterbacks making questionable uh, decisions, uh, the Colts with a healthy Carson Wentz are still not a playoff team. I, I just I don't love this Colts roster as much as everybody else does. I know the offensive line is good and the defensive line is good, but where are their playmakers on offense outside of Jonathan Taylor? Like T.Y. Hilton is old. Michael Pittman really hasn't done a lot in the NFL. The tight ends aren't all that ex- inspiring. I just think there's a lot. Uh, there's so many more teams in the AFC that I like better than the Colts. And then part of this, Adam, is I just don't love Carson Wentz, even, even when he's healthy. Like, we haven't seen Carson Wentz play good football since the beginning of the 2018 season. So I, I, I just don't see it. I would say are maybe not better than they are with Jacob Eason. I've actually really yeah. liked what I've seen from Jacob Eason. I'm, again, college guy. It's crazy yep. tools. Crazy tools. You know, it's been a question of putting it together. And I, I don't know if he would be better than Wentz right now, but I've seen enough to say that's pretty intriguing. So right. I share your thoughts on Wentz. Um, it is interesting to see how much he digressed. Some of the decision-making line, like it's just been awful. I mean, awful. So I don't know what to get with him. Is this, you know, we talk about Jameis, you know, going somewhere else and being reborn, obviously connection with the former coach, all that. Right. I still don't really buy it. I am kind of amazed, by the way, Marcus, that like all of a sudden, like a relatively serious foot injury, you're like, what is he like? Healed Wolver- up? Wolverine? Like what is, <laughs> what is exactly going on here? Like, I, I, Well, I, I, to be honest, I just think he's afraid of the same thing happening that happened before with the Eagles, right? Like, yes. What if Easton comes Wally in? Pipped. 
Yeah, it plays really well the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, the Colts have every incentive not to rush him back because, listen, if he doesn't play 75% of the, the snaps, they get to keep their first-round pick. I think Carson Wentz, does, he, he wants to leave nor, no door open for Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger. I, I just, I'm watching him run. He does look pretty healthy. It's, it's strange. I mean, again, yep. pretty serious injuries that they're talking 12 weeks. The yep. dude's just like, I'm, I'm good. It's like, Crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just strange to me. Okay. A theme, sadly, across preseason, really all of sports that we've seen fighting. Mm-hmm. People getting, you know, in the stands, fighting one another. Some videos hilarious. Some are actually quite terrifying. So I ask you, yep. blank people getting fights in the stands of preseason games. So I think the easy answer is drunk fans or drunk yes. people get right. That's that's the right answer. I'll, I'll also give you a different one. Fake fans, right? Because if you're going to a preseason game, I want to watch the guys. Like I want to watch the down the roster guys. I'm not worried about what some guy three rows behind me is saying about my team. I don't care. I, I want to watch the game. So fake fans are who gets to these fights. I, I would revert back to drunk. Um, but it's not always that like I've got young kids, you got young kids, like it's going to be wild before we go to a football game, pure and simple, because well, I is... don't know, I don't know if I'll ever take my daughter to a football game. I'm just laying that out there right now. <laughs> I mean, yes, it may be a forever thing, but I, I do think it's the, the, the part that's shocking is seeing like fans of the same teams fighting each other. Fighting, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's kind of a new one. Right. So I do think alcohol plays a role. I do think the pandemic plays a role. I know that's easy to say. We have been cooped up. Yeah. We haven't fought in a long time. People have forgotten how to act and treat each other. It's just, but getting in a fight at preseason game and that being your viral moment, like, look, if we're going to get criticism for betting being degenerates for preseason game, that's actually worse uh, in my opinion, save it for the regular season. But yeah, it's, it is, it does seem like it's becoming more common. I don't know if that's because of the nature of, phones and just the way things go viral probably right quite honestly well, I, I got a question for you have you ever almost been in a fight at a football game um almost got in a fight in a parking lot at a baseball game okay uh, somebody's screwing around in my car um oh, but, but no no you know whenever and i honestly football games i've always been like on my guard like and i've i've gone as a jets fan all over the place and i'm mm-hmm. i'm never one to like I, i'll wear my stuff but I'll never yep. one to like rub it in people's faces. Like I'm not that guy. Like I don't want to be an attention beacon for this. It's yeah. like, I got enough problems. So one more question, what sporting event, like of the major events, are you the least likely to get a, get into a fight? Cause I almost feel like it's a baseball game, right? Because when people go to baseball games, they just want to go out, sit in the sun, have some beers and drink or need some hot dogs. Right. I, I feel like it's a very much laid back environment compared to some of the other sports. You know, it's funny. Like, the, the, the mood at college football games is just so different than the NFL. Now you've yes, got drunker yes. people. So you've yep. got alcohol involved. And Younger so you, st- you but yep. you, yes, but you also, it's, I think home field is more like, com- there's more camaraderie generally. It's more speaking. like a party, right? It it's is more like a party than an NFL game. When I've seen like college football fights go viral, it's usually at a bowl game at a playoff yes. game. Like you're, you've got two fan bases like clogged up against each other. I, you know, again, Homer alert, but Foot, NFL football does seem like the most conducive place to get into a fight for whatever reason. Um, we we'll, we need to rank at some point. Maybe we'll do a power rankings of our top five, uh, you know, fan bases most likely to get into a fight because I've I've got some opinions there. Oh God, yes. Let's get <laughs> let's get the internet mad. I'm with. Okay, last 
Um, not a Zach Wilson question because the answer would be amazing. Uh, Trey Lance will be number blank on the 49ers depth chart come week one. I think number two. I mean, he's looked really good in the preseason. He's also looked really bad at times. I think, I think Kyle Shanahan likes what he sees, but he needs maybe a month just to get, you know, used to the speed of the game, watch from the sidelines, you know, look at what a regular season game looks like compared to a preseason. I, I think it's coming. He's just not yet. I agree. Um, moments of brilliance, moments of yikes. I think Justin yep. Fields has kind of been the same way. So being able to sit, like, it's kind of weird how the, how the stigma has changed. Like it's, it's a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it is still positive. I think to let a guy adapt, grow, get a game day under him, figure this thing out again, a guy who's watched young quarterbacks after young quarterbacks broken for his team. Like, I don't necessarily get if Jimmy G is hurt or he stinks and both of those things could happen, then you put him in if you have to. But I would I would agree that give Jimmy G a shot and then play it out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. On top of that, the 49ers early season schedule is really easy. Like they should start off three and four and oh, that's the best case scenario. You don't have to rush your rookie quarterback in and you can let him sit. I think it makes all the sense in the world. So uh, totally agree. Uh, Zach Wilson, by the way, what'd you think? I mean, I think he's looked the best of the rookie quarterbacks so far. I mean, I'm not saying that just because you're on the podcast, but I think he's looked fantastic. I I think you're kind of saying it because I'm on the podcast, (laughs) but I appreciate it either way. Uh, He he looked great against Green Bay. That was a lot of of fun to watch. Um, Uh, Last thing on him. You can just tell the game is not moving too fast for him. I've seen a little bit of that with Trevor Lawrence, certainly with Trey Lance. Doesn't seem to be an issue at all with poor Zach Wilson. So very, very encouraged. So far, so good. I, I'm serious. I wrote this on Twitter. It was probably that was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen a Jets quarter or quarters I've ever yeah. seen a Jets quarterback play. Now the very bar sad. is not very high, just to let yeah, everybody know. else know. So all right. Very pathetic <laughs> that I'm saying that about a preseason game against Green Bay. Uh okay. AFC South. I can't say we're saving the best for last. Um your thoughts on this division as a whole before we dive in. Well, first and foremost, you know how much I love the bet division futures. I feel like this is the one that I'm really struggling with because if you're, if you're like me, I think there's only two teams that can win this division, right? Like the other two teams are really going to struggle to get to five and six wins. And that's the Jaguars and the Texans. So it comes down to the Colts and the Titans. And I think both of these teams have major flaws, but you can get some pretty good odds on them to not only just, to, to make the playoffs, but also win their division. So uh, it's very fascinating. I think injuries are going to be a huge, huge storyline mm-hmm. in this division. We've seen Julio Jones already a little bit potentially banged up, which would be an interesting guy to watch. We obviously have the Colts. Um, Jacksonville, after we record this, Travis Etienne, uh, a foot injury that we don't know the extent of. Um, look, Marcus also saw Trevor Lawrence getting uh, beat up in that game. And then of course the Texans. So let's start with the Titans mm-hmm. wideouts. It's like a fantasy football team, right? So it, to me, the storyline is does the talent, cause they've got some names and they've got some guys that produce, does that equate to better results? I don't know if it's going to be better. I think they're going to be very similar to what they were last year. The defense is still an absolute problem. I mean, they just don't have guys in the secondary. Uh, the cornerback situation is rough. They're really, they're relying on Bud Dupree coming off an ACL injury, switching teams to be their primary pass rusher. It just feels like an incomplete roster right now. And then not to mention they lost Arthur Smith, who was their offensive coordinator last year, who was 
one of the best play callers in the league. So how do they adjust without him? I, I just, I feel like the Titans could get to nine or 10 wins, but it's going to be such a struggle to do so. We'll, uh, we'll break this down here shortly at the end when we come back, but right now minus 115 and a win total of nine. Let's go to uh, the Colts. I think the theme pretty obvious Marcus is injuries and then maybe more so what the heck is Carson Wentz? What, what is yeah. he now? Right. I mean, it's pretty as simple as that. Well, if Carson Wentz is like the 11th best quarterback in the league, this is probably what 10, 11 win team. Yeah. But if he's closer to what we saw in 2019 and 2020, this is a team that might only win five or six games this year. They've got an absolutely brutal opening season schedule where they could very easily lose their first five games. So it's all about Carson Wentz. How, how well does he play? How poorly does he play? It's going to be the whole story. Plus 145, win total of nine, second choice. Third choice is the Jags, plus 600, six and a half. I mean, Marcus, this is, I, you know, one of the most interesting teams in the NFL, certainly, but a team that I think is still going to be pretty bad. And I'm a believer in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm not a believer in the decision to take a first round running back because I thought they had no. one. It's just off to this weird start. And, and you may have a generational QB. He's shown some really good things, I think, and has been in really, really not optimal situations in the preseason, quite honestly. I'm not making excuses for yeah, him. Yeah. But to me, it's it, is is Urban gonna make it to year three? Is is my like my my in my mind, that's like the biggest storyline with the Jags. So I've actually kind of gone back and forth on this one. Like part of me wants to wager a little bit on Jacksonville to win this division because I just don't love any of the other teams. Right. And I think there's a chance, Adam, that by the end of the season, Trevor Lawrence is just the best quarterback in the division. Right. Like it's not that hard Agreed. to believe, but everything else is just so scary about this team. I don't trust urban at all. I don't trust Daryl Bevel. Uh, the offense that we saw on Monday night football looked so stale and archaic. Uh, Lawrence is getting hit all the time. The defense lacks playmakers. <laughs> We're going to get to their win total in a second, but this is just a really difficult team to figure out. Yeah. Six and a half. I, I like some of their offensive pieces a lot. I really do. Mm -hmm. I like their wideouts. I like Trevor Lawrence. I, I think um, it's just, it's just a weird vibe from the start with the strength coach and, and urban being urban about what the draft is. I just well, think it's going to be a bit rocky. It just feels that way. Yeah, couldn't you see them though starting the season off like let's say two and six, and then all of a sudden getting really hot in December when Trevor Lawrence is starting to, yes. starting to get a better feel? That's what makes me really nervous about this team because if Lawrence is as good as everybody thinks he is and that we think he is, yes, he's going to be good enough himself to win games, and that's what's kind of terrifying about Jacksonville. I think they're going to have, and I don't want to get all super sports ready here, he, but you've had Urban who's done nothing but win. And you've had Traver, who's done nothing but win for like the last mm -hmm. eight years. And I think this is going to be a really unique thing to watch these guys stomach this together if they're not great to begin. Traver is a tremendous talent. I think he's going to be yes. phenomenal. But I think keeping him upright is important and just, just seeing what you have there. So no, I think, again, I'm, I am immensely interested to watch them and just see how they perform because I think long-term, yes, if you have a quarterback like this, you should be really good. And yes. being a quarterback like this, the Texans, they had one, they have one. I don't know how we can be delicate with this, Marcus, but you look at the, the Texans, plus 2,800 to win the division, a win total of four. I do my player props. Um, it was hard to find a player prop for the Texans that I could actually yeah. incorporate yeah. into this. So the Deshaun's, I don't know how, really the biggest storyline for me is Deshaun Watson and 
how this plays out. And that almost has nothing to do with what's going to happen on the field, because I don't think we're going to see him on the field. I don't think we'll see him with the Texans ever again, quite honestly. So I kind of actually want to transition this over to my top five players that I did in the AFC South, because when I was ranking these players, I had a really hard time with Deshaun Watson because it, it felt wrong to rank him at number one, even though he's the best player in the division, right? Like I, I it's, it just feels awkward and strange to put him at number one. So I put him at number five and he might not ever play a game in this division ever again, which man, this thing is just a mess. I cannot believe the NFL has not acted on it already. I can't believe they've allowed him to be out at training camp, participating, throwing the ball, uh, having reporters ask him questions. I just, I, I don't know what's going on here. I can honestly say that your top five list is probably the least compromised to Sean Watson thing going on right now. I mean, yes, yes. Uh, the NFL has not handled this well. The Texans have not handled this well. It's a really, really difficult thing to handle. To be clear, I'm glad I don't have to handle this because I don't know exactly what you do sure. other than stay the heck away from it. So, but it is the theme of the Texans, is it not? I mean, they, they, it's a team that not, has not had a lot of draft picks. They drafted mm -hmm. a quarterback. They, they have a new coach. They got rid of J.J. Watt. It's, this is a team that it feels like at rock bottom. Like, even with Deshaun there, this is a team yeah. that I feel like would be well, struggling immensely. Well, let's remember, last year he led the NFL in passing yards. He was second in the NFL in uh, passer rating behind only Aaron Rodgers. He was number one in yards per attempt. And this team still went four and 12 last year. Do you know how hard that is to do when you have basically a top three quarterback and you only win four games? It's just that this franchise is in a really bad spot. And then I'm not sure how long before they turn it around. And oh, by the way, didn't get to enjoy the draft pick. That's usually the payoff for an awful year is a draft pick. And they did not nope. get that part of it, which is even worse. Uh, Jalen Waddle would have looked pretty good on that uh, in that in that team. Yes. Um, all right. You mentioned what Watson for number five. I get it. Let's, let's dive into your top five players. You can find it over at the game day. What about one through four? What do you got? Yeah, we'll go backwards. So at four is DeForest Buckner. One of the best interior defensive really linemen. Yeah. I mean, just phenomenal. The Colts traded away the first round pick last year, and then they had to pay him right away, which never really seems like a good idea to do, but he was phenomenal. I mean, just an incredible run player, 26 quarterback hits last year for an interior guy. Just, just absolutely incredible. Great, great player. At number three is A.J. Brown. This is probably one of my favorite players in the league to watch right now. He, he reminds me a little bit, Adam, I, and I hate this comparison, but a little bit of like T.O., like a young T.O. He's just so big and so strong. Did you know that over the last two years, he's averaged 17.5 yards per reception? It's ridiculous. And that is most in the NFL. Just to put that in perspective, that's three yards more per catch than Tyreek Hill, who everybody thinks is the best deep threat receiver in all football. It's actually A.J. Brown because of all the things he can do after the catch. At number two, Derrick Henry. You could have talked me into putting him at number one. But, Adam, how often do we see running backs actually get better the further on they get into their career? Like, we are going on to year six for Derrick Henry, and it seems like he's actually getting better and stronger uh, than ever before 2000 rushing yards last year, uh, 17 touchdowns. I think he's the best pure runner in the NFL. And then at number one, putting an offensive lineman at number one feels weird, but <laughs> Quentin Nelson is just a absolute monster. He's the best guard in football. He might just be the best offensive lineman in football. Uh, so I had to put him in number one. So which, which of those do you disagree with the most? Um, I, 
you know, it's weird for me to be making a case for Derrick Henry at number one, mm-hmm. because it's been, it's been interesting to see how you, and I'll say how we have evaluated running backs. But what I think you realize is situationally though, he's just a machine. Like he is yep. just a machine. So I would make a case for Derrick Henry, by the way, as an aside, what's crazy about him getting better. Um, I've stood next to him on a football field. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. I, I, I it's just, it's, it's crazy. Do you feel like that Mark Ingram picture with I, Derek I Henry? Did, <laughs> no, it's, it's literally like, I remember on a, at a national champion standing next to him on the sidelines. And it's like, this is horrifying. And then look at how much this dude has carried the ball since high school. You want to see yes. some of the funniest yes. things ever. If you've not seen his high school stats from Florida, go check them out for him to get better. Now is crazy. So no, uh, it's, we've had a couple of lists in a row of, of divisions that I feel like have been more star oriented. I think AJ Brown, I think that's another guy. Marcus that at the end, at the end of this year could be a strong contender for maybe the best player in this division. Like I, I feel that strongly yeah. about him as a, as a wide out. Now he doesn't get the same volume as some of these other receivers, just because the Titans don't throw the ball as much because they're giving Agreed. it to Derrick Henry. But when he's a thousand yards every year on basically just a hundred targets, it's, it's really, really impressive. I, I think with Julio Jones on the other side of him, that offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I think it is. And I've got, I've got Julio. In fact, I'll, I'll go into my player props. So there's the top five. You can argue with Marcus on Twitter uh, yes, by all means, or, or go to the game day.com. Check out all the, his picks for every division. It's been fun to go through them. So player props, Marcus. All right. As a preface, this is an interesting one. This is wide receiver heavy. This is skill okay. position heavy. I have no quarterbacks, which I usually do. I have no defenders. I've got one running back and I've got three defensive players. And this was hard to do. Some of these come natural. Some of these don't. First and foremost, this is an obvious one. I feel like a sucker. Jonathan Taylor, regular, regular season rushing yards over 1,175 and a half. I think he's going to destroy this. I yeah. think he's going to absolutely destroy this. I don't really care if it's Carson Wentz or Jacob Eason. Quentin Nelson's status, you mentioned it. He's probably going to, the only thing that worries about this, uh, my only concern, Marcus, is fumbles. Dude's got to hang on to the ball or he's going to lose carries. Because if he hangs on to the ball, he's going to get it 25 times a game. He's probably going to rush for 14, 1500 yards. I think he could blow by this number. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this with Michael Fabiano early this summer. I mean, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I would take him number one in my fantasy drafts right now because I agree with you. Like, I think there's a potential for not only 1,200, 1,300 yards, but like 16, 17, 1,800 yards. Yes. The offensive line is incredible. And if Carson Wentz is struggling or they're having to play Jacob Eason, they're just going to run the ball. And again, Frank Wright has said he's been the best player in camp. I think he's going to be in for a monster, monster season. I love that total. All right. By the way, if, if you're worried about him playing with crappy quarterbacks, like go watch the Wisconsin stats, okay? <laughs> like that's, that's his MO. It's he's fair. got that down. My one under. And it pains me to do this because I think he's one of my favorite players ever is Julio Jones under mm. 995 and a half. I'm, he's already limited. Like Marcus, I feel like as much as I love Julio and he's going to have some spectacular moments, I think you've got a system that's not necessarily conducive for huge numbers. Mm-hmm. You've got other weapons that you can go to and you've got the injury concerns, which I hope is not an issue. But I think like with Julio, there are certain guys that, are just bound to miss some games. And I think Julio has kind of become one of those guys. I want him healthy, to be clear. For a full season, if he if he were completely healthy and playing with Tannehill, he'll he'll probably he could crush this. But again, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, 
this is not an offense that needs him to go for 1200 yards. I think this is an offense that he could go for 12 or 13 touchdowns, get 700, 800 yards and still be very effective. Yeah, I'll, I'll just mention this stat really quickly. The Falcons last year had the second most targets to wide receivers. The Titans had the fourth fewest. So it's just going to be an offense that does not throw the ball anything, you know, anywhere close to what Julio is used to. I still get, he's going to be incredibly effective. Like he might average 17, 18 yards a catch. He's just not going to average 100 yards per game like he has throughout his career. Plus, he's going to miss a handful of games. So I think that is a good call. Last two, two overs, two wide receivers. We just ragged on the Texans, but Brandon Cooks over 895 and a half yards. Look, it's simple as this. The guys actually, when you look at his career stats, Marcus, has, Mm -hmm. has been pretty dang good. And I know the quarterback situation there isn't great, but gosh darn, somebody's got to catch the ball. And, and I think at least he could still be effective. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton. They're going to be down in a ton of games. They're going to have, they're going to, he's going to get garbage time. Like this is a very sad way to break this thing down, but I do think that's going to all uh, amount to Brandon cooks, probably going over a thousand yards again. Yeah. Number one, he's really good. As you mentioned, five, 1000 yard seasons in his career. And oh yeah, he's done it on four different teams. So he's used to change. I don't think he's really had a stable situation since his early, early career with the saints. So yeah, he's used to catching balls from different quarterbacks. He's going to do it in Houston again this year. It's actually his second year with the team. I think he goes over a thousand for the sixth year in a row. And, and one other one that I like, Marvin Jones, regular season over receiving yards, 825 and a half. Yep. You're seeing it with Zach Wilson and Corey Davis as like this lifeline. Elijah Moore has been out. So maybe that changes. You've got a similar situation in Jacksonville. I really like LaVisca Chenault, huge fan, mm-hmm. but he is more of that quick catch run with it guy. I think Marvin Jones is just way underrated still. And I think again, a huge safety blanket, Jacksonville may not be good. Trevor Lawrence will be fine. They're going to be productive. As many questions as we have about the offensive line and what they're going to do at running back in terms of managing those touches. Don't have many questions about wideouts. I think Marvin Jones is going to have a big year. Yeah, I think he is the best wideout on this team. I also should mention, you know, DJ Chark has already had uh, surgery on his finger this year. Yep. Typically don't like it when receivers have surgery, uh, you know, right before the season on, you know, the most important part of their body, their hands, right? So I think Marvin Jones is going to be reliable. He's going to be open. Plus he doesn't really get hurt. So he's going to be in there on a bunch of snaps. I think that's a good call. All right. So let's go. And again, gameday.com for all the picks. we got plenty of them up there now. Uh, there's been a player prop for each team, which has been a lot of fun. So let's mm-hmm. go back to the odds just to re, re, you know, surface and revisit these. So the Titans to win the division, minus 115, win total of nine. The Colts plus 145, win total of nine. Jags plus 600, win total of six and a half. And the Texans plus 2,800, my goodness, win total of four. The odds to make the playoffs, the Titans minus 150, Colts minus 125, Jags plus 325, and the Texans plus 700. Let me start from the back. Do you, are you doing anything with the Texans here over or under? I, I, I don't want anything to do with this team. I don't want win totals. I, don't, I, I want nothing, Marcus. I'm going to just stay away. Yeah, so my gut says under on the win totals. But Me too. They, I mean, three and – was it three and 14? That's, that's not a lot of wins. But, that I mean, I'm probably not betting that. I, I just think we're just – we just want to ignore the Texans. They're never going to be on one of my TVs when I'm watching games this year. Let's just try to ignore the Texans as much as possible, possible if we can. All right, what about Jags? You mentioned earlier kind of teasing mm. like, hey, the Jags in a 
in a in a moment here of 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 plus six hundred, six and a half, maybe improving as the season progresses. I think that's an interesting angle. So how do you how do you do do you do anything with that from a betting standpoint? Yeah, I think in terms of winning the division, I think they've got the best value, right? Because I, agree. I don't love any of these other teams. And again, if Trevor Lawrence gets hot in the last two months of the season, it would not be surprising if they get to eight and nine wins and they just beat up on some really bad teams. They beat the Texans twice. Maybe they split with the other two teams in the division. It's the best value. It doesn't mean I'm predicting them to win. But again, plus 600, I like it quite a bit. All right. So now we are left. And I agree with you there, by the way. I, the six and a half, um, I want to see a little bit more. It's, yep. the, the preseason has been rough, but we can't be prisoners to that. I think that's when, probably a stay away, right? It, 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 it probably is. It, we, well, the, juju, you, the juju is just not great with Urban. Yeah. Man. I got to be honest. Like, it's just the, the optics of this are, are tricky. This is yep. a team that I can't wait to bet during the year, on or against. I really am going to be active because I think it'll be really interesting to see the ebbs and flows and what these point spreads are. We've had a couple of teams as we've done these divisional breakdowns that we've talked to about that. Agreed. That were like, hey, not quite sure. But when the games start, I'm, I'm in one way or another. Yes. I'm going to figure this thing out. Yeah, I think Jacksonville is one of these teams that we should monitor their in-season win total you know, after the first couple of weeks because my guess is that's going to come down. The early season schedule is tough, but the end of the season schedule is not too bad. So if they start out 0-2 and, and all of a sudden that drops to, let's say, 5.5, I think that's when we maybe should jump on them. All right, so we are left with the Titans and the Colts. And Marcus, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I like the Titans. I, I just yeah. think they're better. I know the defense isn't as great. You know, adding Julio was nice, but we talked about this months ago. We thought that was probably slightly overblown, um, mm -hmm. albeit a really good move. I like minus 115. I like the over at nine. I think this is a team that will take advantage of lesser teams in its division. And even if they split with the Colts, I think they're still going to probably win the division. I think they'll get over that number. So that, that to me has been kind of the play from the onset of this. Mm -hmm. Not to get up, you know, we talked about this months ago, not getting sucked in by the Julio mania. This is a team that just feels like it does a lot of things offensively, at least really well. Yeah, and my, I think Mike Vrabel's a pretty good coach, right? This team is always competitive. But for me, Adam, it just comes down to which quarterback do I trust more? Ryan Tannehill, who has played really well over the last two years. Yep. Or Carson Wentz, who is not and is now injured, you know, coming off a foot injury. So I, I think that's why I have to go with the Titans. I like the minus 115 odds. Now, if you were a little bit, or proactive earlier this summer, those were plus 130, plus 140. But still, I think minus 115, still not awful if you pair them with, let's say, a Green Bay, and you turn that into plus 200, or Kansas City, and it's plus 150. I think that's the way to bet this. Is it a stay away for the Colts real quick? Because like I, I kind of think that you have to wait and see yeah. what you're going to get out of Carson Wentz. I mean, you've had foot injuries, which aren't good. I've seen some Eason, but yeah, it's a little concerning. Again, their early season schedules just absolutely brutal. I think they have uh, one, Rams in one of their first games. Seattle's actually their, their week one game. They play Baltimore, Baltimore. They play Miami. They play New England. I, I think that team is going to be in for a really rough start. Um, and then maybe that's the time to bet on them. Once they get through that schedule, let's see what the win total is at. Let's see what their odds debate the playoffs. But, yeah, early season is going to be brutal for them. AFC South, there it is. It's going to be interesting, if nothing else, and we will see on that. We are both Titan heavy. All right, let's jump to the future. Marcus, we got college football, man. We got college football. It's we made back. It. I am going to Illinois, Nebraska. I'm going as a fan. I will be consuming and enjoying that immensely. 
let's do a college football focus. You said off air that you had yourself a parlay already. I have yes. scouted these games. They are bad. Okay. I'm get, let's just not sugarcoat it. The majority of these games are bad. Two are okay. And two are bad. What is your parlay that you've got? All right. So I'm actually, I don't love teasers, but I've got a teaser for us. I, okay. I, first of all, how do you feel about teasers? Uh, I, I don't hate them. I've, okay. I partake. I think there are times for teasers and times for not. I'm assuming you're teasing something in the Nebraska, Illinois game, just based yeah, so, off the number. I, and yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I'll give you the odds. So I've got Nebraska, you know, they're minus seven favorites. We're going to tease that down to, to, to minus one. This is a six point tease. So I'm in, we've got Nebraska minus one, we've got UCLA minus 12 and I've got uh, UConn at plus 33 and a half. Okay. So I like Nebraska. I'm going to bet them at seven. I'm also yeah. full transparency going to this game with a bunch of Nebraska fans. If I don't do that, <laughs> it's going to be bad. Uh, UCLA, Hawaii, I really liked the under in this game. It was at 70. It's down to 68. That's been my play. I like UCLA. Okay. UConn is a damn dumpster fire. That's, yes, they are. I, that is where I may have to – I may go just the two-team teaser. But it's I, 33 and a half points, Adam. That is a ton Marcus, of points. I'm telling you, man. Team that didn't play football last year. Mm-hmm. That is well – well, yes, they have some people back. I mean, they do, but I think that game could be an atrocity. Okay. And, and, and that's with UTEP, New Mexico on the board. It looks like that number's at 10 now. Um, I just don't know about UConn. It is 33 and a half. My thing that scares me about this week, I'm a little chalk heavy. So, yeah. so if I go astray, this might be a place to do it. I was actually thinking about maybe betting Fresno first half. Okay. And maybe UConn will get under it, but Man, I'm excited, dude. Football is back. We got week one of college coming up then, and then the NFL shortly behind it. Anything else, by the way, catches your eye here? You've, you've been hot preseason, so anything else before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I, even a degenerate like me is not betting on the third week of the preseason when none of these guys are going to see make rosters. No real quarterbacks are going to be playing. So please stay away. Instead, invest your uh, hard-earned dollars on some college football, some week yeah. zero lines. Yeah. Uh, just – can we just really quickly before the game start, do you have a college football champion winner pick that you like? I like Georgia. I'm a little concerned. Plus 650. Plus I, I'm a little concerned with Gilbert. You've had Darnell Washington get hurt. Mm-hmm. You've had some injuries and, and Gilbert's absence, which is for personal reasons. That guy's amazing. Does not, does, is a little concerning. I'm still yep. sticking with Georgia. How about you? Do you have anything on there that you've... I, I like Georgia. We talked about them a lot on this podcast, you know, potentially winning the SEC, but I still really like Oklahoma with the value at plus 650. They yep. make the playoffs every year. They might have the best quarterback in college football. Yep. I really like their offense, and I actually think the defense could be a little bit better this year under Alex Grinch. So uh, I, plus 650, I think those are pretty good odds. I got no beef with that. We'll, we'll do playoff... Um picks next week it's part of that too as we get into week one not that this week doesn't count so college football being back tailgating made it beers sun probably some poor choices gambling oh yeah yeah. i can't can't wait wait. so there you go so afc south college football uh the whole uh the whole shebang here we are back and it feels really really good Reminder, guys, check out the podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, special welcome offer for BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states uh, receive a free bet up to $600 with the code THEGAMEDAY. Again, that's the code THEGAMEDAY, all one word, at BetMGM for our listeners in legal 
betting states football is here mark smilger i'm adam kramer we'll talk to you guys next week Where am I?